John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. Theme tune time. Let's go, John. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. I told you there's no way I'm singing. Come on. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. Yeah. John and Sam in Japan. Never gonna happen. And put your clothes back on, it's just weird. Ah, never! John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. Welcome to the show. Here's John. And here's Sam. And this is John and Sam in Japan. The international comedy podcast. Hold on, I've just been interrupted. What do you want? (laughs) No, it's alright, I'm just going to be quick. My missus there asking if I wanted a fan. (laughs) <laughs> ah, that was nice of her I reckon there's undoubtedly the fact that your mother-in-law has said to her go and see if John wants a fan yeah currently <laughs> recording in a small tiny box room on the sixth floor of an apartment in Tokyo and it is fucking hot <laughs> it's, like, it's like solitary confinement <laughs> no aircon. It's a glimpse yeah. into your future. <laughs> I feel like a, a prisoner of war in a Japanese fucking camp. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure the prisoners of war in, Jap- in Japan were lavished with beer and food as you're undoubtedly being by your mother-in-law. <laughs> no, that, that is true. That is true. <laughs> yeah, that's right, listeners. Because I've emphasised John and Sam in Japan because that's right. John has returned to Japan, albeit only temporarily yeah, yeah six weeks well i think five weeks we've got but yeah it's good um I'm loving it I need to get back here as soon as possible i think <laughs> yeah is that yeah yeah there is there is of course the because uh, you've been away for a while now you, there is the the possibility of holiday bias i mean you've come over here yeah. you're not working you're catching up with people going yeah. to the beach <laughs> life is not always <laughs> quite well, like that i mean the, when i first arrived so i i flew by myself because my wife and kids came a few weeks early and it's like you have to have this vaccination uh bloody app on your phone to show when you come through immigration and um, my when I turn my phone back on it just wouldn't start so so everyone was like going through getting herded left and right and I was just stood there saying to the guy look I've got it all I've done everything that needs to be done you know I've had the PCR test in England and it's all the app should be turning blue but my phone just wouldn't turn on so after about 20 minutes they just wouldn't have it and like they would say like you know, where are you staying? So I was like, well, my mother-in-law's house, but I don't actually know the address. I know where it is. I can point to it on the map. <laughs> I can take you there. <laughs> yeah. So it's getting all a bit it's getting all a bit fucking stressful. Um so just as they're about to herd me off down some fucking basement to shoot me. Probably into a room very similar to the one you're in <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, eventually it turned back on and then it was all right, I was allowed to go. But by the time I'd kind of gone through it all, everybody else had gone and my was the lone suitcase going uh, round and round on the thing. <laughs> so compared to like England, it was fucking brilliant. I was just like, oh, okay. They're in Through immigration, through 
you know, baggy channeling in the space of about 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> kind of like a, a private carousel for your suitcase. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> compared to what had gone on in the England, in England, I was waiting Manchester Airport to get on the flight, and um, they just started, the airline company started sending people messages saying, you can't get on this flight, we've overbooked it. We've got a smaller plane oh, than we thought. Wow. So 30 people had their holidays just ruined. Um, so it was awful. Yeah. They, they said there, you said they said that we've got a smaller plane than we thought. Does that yeah. smell of bullshit to you? Well, yeah, I mean, they just said, oh, five o'clock this morning, we've changed this plane to a smaller plane. So 30 people can't get on this flight. And it was like, you know, boyfriends and girlfriends. It was like, right, you can get on, but you can't. This old couple <laughs> who were off on like the wedding out of... And then, and then the worst bit is that they go like, uh, so people are getting pissed off, rightly so. I was stood <laughs> yeah, there yeah. waiting for the chop, thinking, fucking hell, here we go. This has just been my luck. Yeah. And then I, I reckon as a single kind of middle aged traveller, high chance, high probability to get the chop, I reckon. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought. And I was thinking, fuck me. But yeah, yeah, I, I was all right. But it was, it was just ridiculous. Like, um, and the people getting angry with the staff, and this woman was sat there going, "Listen, I don't work for Finnair. I just, I work for Manchester Airport. I don't know why I've been put on this job." Yeah, um, she's obviously pissed someone off. Yeah, well, they just <laughs> they don't have enough staff up. at the airport. It's just insane. And I was stood next to this young Finnish guy, uh, so I ended up chatting to him because we were there for about an hour before I could fucking even check in because uh, everybody was kicking off so much. And he was just absolutely scathing of Britain and British culture. Was he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, 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 can I have a few? Uh, can I have a couple of guesses at what he might have uh, criticised? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to say drinking culture probably one. No, no, the Finnish they love to the drink. They're, oh, yeah, do they? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I suppose they're sort of in the vodka zone, are they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> vodka and suicide. <laughs> ah, <laughs> marriage made in heaven. <laughs> yeah. Um, the okay, so I'm going to say well, it must be sort of Brexit related. Are, they, are Finland in the EU? Because yeah, they're in the EU, if, but they're not in the NATO, are they? That's going to be no. The next they're trying thing. to get in, aren't they? They're trying to get in yeah. in a fucking rush at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, just just general like you know lack of organisation and just. How in, uh, how in Britain that any any way to make anything more complicated than it needs to be, we just seem to fucking do it. It's like we're all stood. That, so there's literally like two little desks for Finnair, and there must have been about two hundred people trying to get on this flight. And instead, you know how you've got like the thing where you can zigzag around, like you're at a you know a fairground, yeah, or Disneyland whatever. or something, yeah. 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 So they hadn't bothered opening that. They just put one straight line, and then had everybody stood in the corridor. So there's like. You know, people stood shoulder to shoulder down this tiny corridor with other people trying to get past with fucking, you know, trolleys full of suitcases. People just kicking off with each other. And it's <laughs> yeah. just like, why doesn't somebody just open there? That's, you know, it's uh, it just makes more sense if everybody stands there. And I'm like, mate, this is Britain, broken Britain. Um <laughs> That, that reminds me, the last time I went to England, I got, when I got to Heathrow, my dad, my dad picked me up at the airport, and then as I was just coming out of the arrivals bit towards the lifts up to the car park, <laughs> there was two taxi drivers kicking off with each other about, it must be like over a fare or something, and one of them said to the other one, oh, you can fuck off, you cunt. <laughs> 
<laughs> just like looked at my dad like, oh, welcome to Britain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. But it was like uh, on the aeroplane. So go onto the aeroplane and the staff on the aeroplane had just decided because they'd not let 30 people on, anybody could just sit where they want. So... How does I, that make my, sense? Because... No, literally, it doesn't. So I, I get on, and my seat was literally the very back row next to the toilet. So I'm walking down this... I, I was, like, one of the last to queue up because I thought, I'm on the back row, so, you know, I have to get on last. And yeah, as I'm either getting, very first or very last is best for you, isn't it? Yeah, well, they, they say, don't they, please don't come forward until you... Whatever. So I was like... Yeah, got, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to, uh, got to my seat, and somebody was just sat in it. I said to the woman, oh... You know, that's my seat. And then this, uh, you know, air stewardess was like, no, no, uh, anybody can sit wherever they want. So I was like, all right. So I found a seat next to this fucking... Uh... First class. <laughs> yeah, no. Seat 1A. Yeah. No, but then this this woman got on with, like, two small children. And, like, they were, like, about two and four. And she'd paid to make sure they were all sat next to each other. Um, right. The air hostess was like, oh, well, no, I'm afraid we just, you know, you just going to have to find somewhere to sit. So basically, they were the very last people. So there's three empty seats, which were miles apart. And like one of these kids was like two years old. Right. And I'm like, you're not just going to fucking leave a two-year-old sat next to somebody. So me, be the sterling person I am, I said to the guy, I said to her, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to move. And then I said to the guy next to me, this fucking Japanese guy, he had like, uh, you know, double bag masks. He had two masks on, and he had these rubber gloves on. And I kind of said to him, "Oh, about to perform an operation." I, I was like, "Oh, do, uh, do you think we could move seats and help this lady?" And he just fucking shook his head, put his headphones on, and uh, no pretended way. to go to sleep. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, you <laughs> cunt." Uh, but I mean, the woman—the woman was Japanese who uh, had the two small children. So I thought, yeah, well, yeah. at least it shows her what a racist shit house he is. <laughs> yeah, you should have been kind of looking out for that Finnish guy, saying, "Look yeah. at this! Yeah, British, yeah. Gold, British society isn't all that bad." <laughs> yeah, we make a massive fuck up, and then we uh, try to do the gentleman thing and help each other out. <laughs> exactly, we apologise and move seats. Yeah. <laughs> Although, as as the owner, or I don't know if owner is the right word, as, as the owner of a two-year-old currently, if, if I got on an aeroplane and the stewardess said to me, I'm sorry, sir, for the next 12 hours, you'll have to be separated from your child. Yeah. I'd be fucked over the moon. <laughs> yeah. Let him sit next to oh, some other cunt. You'd, people like you would be standing up going, oh, we'll swap seats. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Couldn't possibly, couldn't <laughs> possibly. It's the rules are rules. It's international, yeah. John and Sam in Japan. This is JNS in J News. It's time for the news. John, what have you got for us? Uh, so this one's from the uh, the Mirror Online. And um, it's... Usually I try to say, guess the missing words, but this one... <laughs> so, well, in fact, actually, you can't guess the missing word. So three children possessed by demons could do what? <laughs> oh, 
three three children possessed by demons could um fly could walk up walls and talk to the dead so i think you i'll give you a point for that uh, yeah, I was going to say my next guess was going to be like, I was going to go from, well, it, does, it shows my lack of imagination, but I was going to go from fly to hover. <laughs> <laughs> but so, that's, I think um, hover's slightly closer to walking up walls. Yeah. Do you want to guess which country this is from? <laughs> um, it's not from the good old US of A, is it? It is, yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it says uh, it's quite a bonkers story. Uh, it says official Indiana State documents said medical experts and people outside the family also witnessed the strange events and were unable to give solid explanations. So, it says a mother of three claimed her children were possessed by demons. In 2014, Latoya Amons from Indiana, USA, said she saw them walking up walls, levitate and speak in different voices. However, it wasn't only Mrs. Amons who believed they were possessed. State reports have been released that outline that medical professionals, police and people outside of the family also witnessed the haunting moments. I'd just like to point out that she's claiming they levitate and I'm taking levitate as flying. So I'd like to to kind of uh, claim a point from the past, if if I may. (laughs) This is uh, the bit... When I first read this, I thought, this is... (laughs) So it's... There should be a comma in here, but it says, the area's top cop, Gary Police Captain Charles Austin. So... (laughs) Nominative determinism. The top cop, Gary Police Captain Charles Austin. (laughs) So obviously Gary Gary sounds like the uh, the name of the town. Uh, So Charles Austin, with 35 years of experience, said he had been convinced by the story. According to the Indianapolis Star, he described himself as a believer after visiting the house and interviewing Miss Amons and her family. So official state documents backed up their claims and in 2012, psychologists stated that they saw the nine-year-old child speak in different deep voices and walk up the wall backwards. He flipped over and landed on his feet, they added. Um, The report outlines more events that were apparently witnessed by medical experts. Now, some of these just sound like the kids are just being little shits rather than being possessed by doom. Yeah, the talking in deep voices doesn't convince me much. I mean, we can all talk in a deep voice. (laughs) Yeah, well, this is the thing. So it says, the the report said, medical staff reported they observed the children and heard the seven-year-old making growling noises and his eyes rolled into the back of his head. They observed, they've redacted his name, lifted and thrown into the wall with nobody touching him. The report also detailed the time when the seven-year-old walked up the wall it describes how the 12-year-old daughter required stitches to her head after an attack. Um, she began to have a weird... Sm- oh, sorry. He began to have a weird smile on his face and he charged at the grandmother's stomach and headbutted her several times until she grabbed his hands and started praying. Now, I'm thinking these kids are on for a fucking wind-up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was speaking in a different deep voice saying, it's time to die, I will kill you, and staring around the room. He had the weird grin on his face and began to walk backwards while the grandmother was holding his hands praying to Jesus. Um, He walked up the wall backwards uh, while holding the grandmother's hand and never let go. He flipped over, landed on his feet in front of the grandmother and sat down in the chair. 
So in another incident, the mother found her seven-year-old son allegedly talking to another boy only he could see inside the wardrobe. When she asked what they were talking about, the mum claimed he had told the unseen presence was describing what it felt like to be murdered. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, the only the... bit of this story that is kind of that uh, is hard to explain, I suppose, is the, yeah. the claim that their boy's walking up the wall, which yeah. most likely he never did. But how would you, if you're, if you're, how old is he? Like seven or something? Seven, yeah. How are you making that happen? Well, that's true. I don't know. But when he says he's just flipped, I don't know, he could just run up the wall and do a flip. Yeah, um, it could be. Or, I mean, is it likely, is it highly likely that the family are all on crack? I mean, well, this is like. So it says elsewhere in the report, it indicates an unnamed witness has suggested the mother may have mental health issues, and he said the children, uh, may, the children may be performing for their mother, and she's just encouraging this behaviour. So the three children were taken away from the family. Um, and then according to the Indianapolis Star, the death of the children were taken away from their mother. The hospital chaplain called on Mike Maginot, the reverend, to carry out an exorcism on the children and their mother. He says, but you start condemning the demon, condemning the evil spirit. All of a sudden, she is the child is reacting to that. The children returned to their mum six months later when the problem subsided. New tenants now live in the property and there have been no complaints of ghostly goings on. So, uh, there you go. So, it's just, it's the kids having a wind-up. Yeah. So, it says, well, so when you read um, the comments underneath, somebody says, this has been disputed for years. The children were interviewed by psychologists and several professionals concluded the children were acting deceptively and in accordance with their mother's beliefs. (laughs) So, the... Tracy Wright, a psychologist, noted that the youngest son acted possessed whenever he was challenged about his behaviour or was asked questions that he didn't want to answer. <laughs> Smart boy. Yeah. And he's and he's hooked up a pulley system to help him climb the walls. Yeah. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast yesterday, uh, a couple of days ago, and it was about... Um, it was a science podcast it was it was it was like the complete opposite of what this podcast is but they were talking about how the mind works and in part of it they said like there was something like an estimate that 60 to 70 percent of kids have an imaginary friend so that they they, and then they talk to the talk to their imaginary friend and play with their imaginary friend but when you were young i mean it seemed like that number was really high to me yeah did did you have an imaginary friend? Like, this boy's talking to the guy in the wardrobe. Did you yeah, have yeah. any imaginary friends when you were young? No, I don't think I did. Um, I think my, I think my youngest sister did for a very brief time, but I don't know. I think because we also are a big family, so we don't really, you know, there's no space for anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, spirit world. Yeah. yeah, well, just like, can you leave an empty space at the dinner table so my imaginary friend can sit there? Well, fuck off, we haven't got enough seats as it is. <laughs> Literally no room. But, you know, lots of uh, lots of people uh, on the internet saying it's absolute bullshit. Um, Mikus says, burn them, burn them all. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe Mikus is believing it, though, considering yeah. them as witches. Yeah. Or maybe he's talking about us uh, talking about them on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be the first hate mail we've received. <laughs> did you did you say that it was uh, th- th- this was the, it was in America in in Indiana? Yeah, 
<laughs> you could say with that little boy making weird noises, the headline for this story really should have been Indiana Moans. <laughs> that was J and S N G News. John and Sam get to jib jabbing, but sometimes get distracted, like moths at a strobe light. Leaving you, dear listeners, wondering how the story ends. Well, pass the popcorn round for John and Sam follow-up. John, there was something I wanted to tell you about. There was something that happened in a previous episode that I wanted to follow up on. (laughs) Is it that big fucking spider? (laughs) <laughs> no, it's not the spider. Although, might, although uh, we we got some fee, we got some correspondence on that, and it <laughs> seems like I <laughs> the majority of people are on my side. <laughs> they were like, "Kill the motherfucker!" was the was the overriding feeling. Uh, I think you're just braver than most. <laughs> well, no, it's outside your house. It's a spider. Just leave it alone. <laughs> He was on my slash the bank's property, so uh, <laughs> it's a stand your ground law or whatever it is <laughs> say in America. Um, so, no, but it wasn't about that. It might we maybe we talked about it in the same episode. I can't remember. Do you remember? Um, not so long ago, I was talking about the aircon man came over to fix the oh, aircon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and I and I remember saying at the time, I said, oh, you know, part of the part of the service was, yeah. you know, when they installed them, that they'd come over from, you know, if we ever had little problems and do small amounts of maintenance. Yeah. yeah. And and that it cost me no money. Yeah. So, and I think at the time you sounded quite impressed. You were like, oh, yeah. So I, I'm, I'll play you the clip now of, yeah, yeah. of how that conversation went down. So have a listen to this, see if you're, it jogs your memory properly. We had the air conditioners we've got. As I say, it's boiling. The air conditioners we've got, one of them started making a bit of a funny noise. So the guy that installed them, like when we had them installed, said, anytime you can call me up and I'll come and do a little like soft maintenance or whatever. So he came around today and I'd taken my youngest kid out. And when I came home, uh, my wife said, everything's been sorted out. It didn't cost us any money. He's just kind of like tweaked this and that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, right. So, so I'm pretty smug and arrogant there going, this is costing me no money. <laughs> Can you see where this is going? Oh, how much did they send you a bill for? <laughs> well, no, it's a little bit more cunning than that. So the actual thing didn't cost me any money. But while the guy was doing this small maintenance on the air cons, he said to my, my very susceptible wife... <laughs> um, yeah, these are pretty dirty, these air cons. I think you're going to have to get them cleaned soon. Oh. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And that, so, and that he's cunning because he said, he said, I don't do the cleaning myself, but I can recommend a service. And I'm fucking betting my... Oh, <laughs> exactly, right? Exactly. So the, the, as we speak, as we speak now, Saturday morning, there's a man downstairs cleaning one of the air conditioners. And today he's going to clean two of them. So we've got right. quite a few, but they don't all need cleaning, apparently. Um, I'd like you to guess, A, how long it's going to take to clean two air conditioners and B, how much you think he's going to charge me. I reckon it'll, it'll stretch out for a good four hours, two hours of two hours each one, and I reckon it'll twenty grand each, so forty grand total, ten grand an hour. 
Do you know what? You're not far off. And what you've said is a fucking scandal, may I add. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in, it is, in fact, going to take him to do the two air cons. It's going to take him five hours. <laughs> and the total, the total bill is going to be over 50,000 yen. Jesus Which Christ. It's like £350 or oh. like $400 or something. Is he making a fucking corona proof? <laughs> he fucking wants to be. Yeah. So my hubris before of saying, oh, this is a free service, that yeah. has really come back to bite me on the arse. <laughs> 50 grand, five hours. Fucking hell. Oh, mate. 10 grand an hour. I'm in the wrong profession. I know. Fuck me. Don't you just take the fucking filter off and stick it under the shower? That's what I used to do. So that that I've done that a few times, given the filter a rinse. No, but he, I, just before I came up here to record this, he was downstairs. He like dismantling it, and the fucking uh. worst part of it, he's as as he's going along, he's showing my wife all of the dirty inside components, uh. guaranteeing that this is going to become like a a repeat fucking, service. Yeah, mate. We've got in the house. We've got one, two, three. For six, we've got six air conditioners in the house. He's doing yeah. two today. Yeah. So, what does that mean? That he's going to do two every year? So, yeah, yeah. I, like, I'm going to have now. It's like a fucking yearly aircon cleaning tax bill of fifty thousand yen a year. <laughs> is, that what it's, is that what it's well, literally become? <laughs> I think. I think you need to cool off. <laughs> <laughs> Sandler's musical comedy John thinks that it's shit John hates musical comedy He should be on a terrorist watch list He hates musical comedy He can't stand it He can't stand it He can't stand it Yo, Johnny McPhee and Samuel T, two prince took a shit over a cup of tea. Probably a spot of milk and a crumpet, please. But there's something else cooking in the kitchen. Could someone answer the burning question? It's time for the burning question. This episode's burning question is, what is the worst journey you've ever had? Uh, John, who's been in touch? Well, I asked my uh, missus this question. And she said, there was one time that we... uh, missed our connecting flight again because of shitty British Airways. So we missed our <laughs> missed our connecting flight to Japan and then ended up catching a flight that was going instead of we were supposed to go to Hanada, flew to Narita and they lost all our luggage, including the push chair. And so oh, I Yeah, I'd been drinking on the flight. Uh, and then when obviously when we got to uh, Japan <laughs> common theme. I, I was fucking useless and we had like a small child and a toddler to try and sort of carry, had to carry them all the way back to mum's house. Oh, no way. Narita Express (laughs) and all that with no push chairs and stuff. So I remember that was quite horrendous. Um, After a long distance journey and then having to deal with that on top of a hangover. (laughs) Yeah, I think... uh, 
Tom on Twitter got in touch. He said uh, uh, he said he'd been down to watch football uh, Cardiff away. I said he didn't say where he's come from, but he said what should have taken three hours took us twelve hours because the car broke down and my friend didn't have ins- uh, what's it called Tr- uh, roadside roadside yeah. He said well he says didn't have the AA. Uh-huh. So uh, yeah. tw- twelve hours <laughs> needed the AA up. after that. <laughs> yeah, twelve hours beard up. Actually, you said uh, you asked your your missus. I I didn't ask my missus directly, but she often re- uh, reminds me of this event that happened because she kind of accuses me of abandoning her. This was when we were in we were in we were in England, and my it was we were going to my brother. No, we were going to some some sort of uh, I think you someone's birthday party like up north we were living down south and going up north for this birthday party because there was quite a lot a lot of us traveling we split up into different cars and i went in a car with my mum and my uh, wife and my oldest son who was kind of young at the age is probably like one and a half or something they or maybe even younger they went in another car and apparently like it's like four hour journey and my son my baby son screamed like the entire way four <laughs> hours of no, not screaming. i was in the other car with my mom having a nice you know travel suite and a chit chat <laughs> and the other the other one was like a scene out of a the living room in indiana <laughs> <laughs> oh, i mean my uh, my daughter ever she uh, i remember every time we ever landed in england she'd just get travel sick so we'd be driving down the motorway and she'd be screaming and crying because she didn't feel very good and just literally every time we just got to near where i lived she'd just vomit everywhere <laughs> just fucking, uh, uh, hold on a little bit longer <laughs> yeah just wait wait i remember i think probably the worst one i've ever had uh, i mean there's been quite a few to be honest um, <laughs> yeah well but, you've talked about a couple on the podcast i mean yeah, honourable mentions for you should go to the that you've mentioned on the podcast before the boat in Thailand where you were peeing oh, yeah. into the, <laughs> the yeah. hole in the, the makeshift toilet. <laughs> yeah. What what was the one? What was the one you were thinking of this time? Uh, well, I must remember this one was in Thailand as well. It was like a different time in Thailand. It was an eight-hour bus journey, and um, it was like a, a night bus. And I was sat near the back, and then next across the aisle was this fucking Russian guy who just was doing heroin, <laughs> and um, wow, and it just, yeah, it was just really scary. He was just a freaky guy, and every time I kind of felt, I could just feel him staring at me. He was sat like across from me, and then directly behind me, sort of, yeah. And I could just feel him just eyes in the back of my head. And obviously I must have been a bit paranoid. And I remember just, just about to fall asleep and he'd, he'd grabbing my shoulder going, overdose, overdose. I was like, what the, what the, what the fuck? And he's like, trying to fucking, he wanted like some Vicks vapor rub stuff to like stick up his nose. I was just absolute, just panicking. I thought he was just going to cut, cut my throat or something. It was just fucking awful. But it lasted for about three or four hours. Him just freaking out. It was fucking horrendous. It, it it's good to know that the, the the Russian word for overdose is quite communicable. <laughs> yeah. Overdoso, overdoso. Although I'm not sure your accent is probably quite up no. to par. There. <laughs> no. 
Uh, I say Russian. He might have been from any other Baltic country, but he, uh, he looked yeah, like he... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't go into an in-depth chat into his no. neighbourhood. <laughs> no. How about for you? My, my my worst journey. Well, it was kind of the journey was bad, but then it was like the result of the journey that was even worse. So when I was probably like twelve, <laughs> I'm not dissimilar to your Russian man. <laughs> when I was about twelve or something, went or eleven, we went on a scout. I was in the Cub Scouts, and we went on a camping trip, and we're in the back of the van. But turns out that where the the exhaust pipe had a leak into oh. the back of the van so like a few of us who are right at the back got like carbon dioxide or monoxide or whatever it is carbon monoxide poisoning and yeah. fucking that that night i was chucking up and having hallucinations and we were camping in <laughs> wales and it was like it was camping on the mountains in wales and there was like these sheep skulls all over the place and i thought that these kind of possessed sheep skulls were going to attack me <laughs> so yeah the 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 journey, it was the worst journey because of the result. So, yeah. If only I had known the words overdoso, overdoso. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like that house in Indiana that should check for carbon monoxide poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And that's all for today's show. Just leaves me to say thanks to everyone who is involved and like to say how happy we have how happy we are to have John back in the country again. John and Sam certainly are in Japan. Well, we're gonna be on the beach together in about two or three hours, aren't we? Having a few beers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. A couple of beers, socially distanced, outside, very, very sensible boys. <laughs> <laughs> so the next episode's burning question is um, with Sam paying 50 grand for five hours work on a condition. <laughs> Don't bring the... that up. <laughs> so what's the biggest waste of money on a service? Yeah, I've already shot my bolt on that one, but I'll, I'll have to come up with a new idea. I mean, this yeah. certainly is. The... <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to beat me. Do you think anyone's going to beat that? <laughs> no, I don't know. I think 50 grand for two aircons being cleaned is fucking quite a rip-off. <laughs> it's quite a rip-off. Oh, mate. All right, anything else? No, I think that's all. All right, catch you later. later. It is time to go. That's the end of the show. If you liked it, write a review. Five stars or F you. And if you want to get in touch, we'd like that very much. Send a tape of your comedy, not a tape, just an MP3. Send us some comedy or a song that is funny. Send us your favourite bit. But we don't want your dick pics. It is time to go. That's the end of the show Tell your friends and your family Or even the people you're married You should join in Answer the burning question 
send a new story preferably something we can find about we're on the social media sites facebook and twitter day and night it's john and sam in japan at gmail.com and if you do this then maybe just maybe sam will put his clothes back on john and sam in japan the international comedy podcast